So here's the big question. How are entrepreneurs like us, who have been hustling and struggling to make it to success, who seem to make it one step forward, only to fall two steps back, who are dedicated, determined, and driven, how do we finally break through and win? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Kelly, and this is the Mind Body Business Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Body Business Show. We have another phenomenal, phenomenal show lined up for you tonight because the one and only Robbie Samuels is here with us. He is an amazing young man. I cannot wait to share his brilliance with you because this young man is doing some great things in the business realm. He has a lot of experience and he has a lot of astute ideas to bring to the forefront for you and your business. This is the Mind Body Business Show and the whole purpose of it is to bring on amazing entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs from all over the world, just like Robbie, for the purpose of bringing you the tips, the strategies, the tools, the techniques, anything and everything that can help you to take your business to the next level. And it's about what I call the three pillars of success. And they are the very namesake of this bit of this show. And that is mind. Mind really stands for all of the successful individuals I have studied over the years. They had these three common traits. One was mindset. And that is literally these individuals had a very powerful, positive, and most importantly, flexible mindset. That is the key. And body. To a person, these successful individuals, they take care of themselves physically, nutritionally. It's a really simple one, but not a lot of them do that. And then there's business. Business is wonderful. It's multi-multifaceted because these individuals that I had studied over about a period of 10 years, I just studied successful people, what made them tick. And they, to a person, had mastered the various skill sets that are required to number one, build a successful business, and then number two, to scale that business and, and grow it. And we're talking about skill sets such as marketing, sales, team building, leadership, systematizing, I, and I could go on and on. And that's what I love about what I get to do is because we're going to talk about something within those three pillars tonight, guaranteed. Can't guarantee we're going to cover all three. That's not what this show is about. The show is about bringing you actual value that you can take and run with. You're going to learn things tonight that you can take with yourself and now implement in your business. How do I know this? Because I'm the host of the show. I've been doing this for almost five years, a little over five years now, and I am implementing things. I'm learning from my own guests on this very show. It's a phenomenal ride. So you're in for a great treat. And uh, Robbie Samuels is going to bring it. I already know that. I've had a chat with him. Uh, he is an amazing young man. So don't go anywhere because he's coming on very, very soon. Now, another great uh, attribute I learned um, about very successful people is that they are also very avid readers of books, and some are authors too. And uh, with that, I'd like to segue very quickly into a quick uh, segment that I affectionately call Bookmarks. Bookmarks. Born to read. Bookmarks. Ready. Steady. Read. Bookmarks. Brought to you by ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. Yeah, there you see ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. A real quick word of advice for everyone watching, even if you're listening to this on an audio podcast, and that is 
rather than succumb to that itch to go and type it in and check it out while the show is going. We're going to be giving you lots of resources. This happens every show. You're going to get website addresses. You're going to get books uh, referred. And instead of running off and, and checking them out while the show is running, I implore upon you to instead just write them down. So in this case, reachyourpeaklibrary.com. Instead of going over there and checking it out while the show is going or any time thereof, just go ahead and write down the URL and then visit that URL after the show is over. And why do I recommend that? And that is because when speaking on stage from years ago, I remember when I was a newer speaker, there would be times where I know I'm getting to the punchline, the good stuff, the life-changing, just juice, the good stuff. And then I would notice somebody get up and walk out looking at their phone or they had to go to the restroom. They got that all-important text message or phone call. I'm like, oh no, they're going to miss the most important part. And so the point of this is to stay focused and that the magic happens in the room. And that is especially once Robbie comes on, you will want to pay attention. So um, that's my soapbox moment. Reachyourpeaklibrary.com. That is a website that I literally had built with you in mind because I personally was not an avid reader until about, let's see, that would be 12 years ago. Yes, at the age of 47, I began reading. And I'm just going to let that sit because I know you're all doing the math. It's all good. And, <laughs> and I did learn very quickly how powerful reading could be, not only in my business life, but also oftentimes my personal life as well. And so I began basically saying, hey, here's another book that I vet. My, I tell my team, put it up on the site. They are not in here in any certain order or they're not alphabetic. They're just thrown in here as I read them. And they are here for you that you can at least know that another successful person has vetted these books. So not every book I've ever read is in here. But boy, I'll tell you, when I started reading, I started going gangbusters and listening to most of them on Audible. And that was uh, the one thing I found that really made them digestible for me personally. So all of these are here. Go get them at whatever bookstore you, you know, online or offline. It doesn't matter. The purpose of this site is not to make money. This is just here's a resource for you. You click those buttons, it goes to Amazon. Uh, that's a quick and easy way. I love Amazon. I, I, I buy all my stuff on Amazon, a lot of stuff down these days. So there it is, reachyourpeaklibrary.com. If you're looking for that next great read, you're, you're almost guaranteed you'll find something you haven't read yet. And just the first one that jumps off the screen, go get it wherever you buy your books, wherever you uh, feel that you, uh, wherever you like to go get your books and uh, read it. Don't just read it though and learn. Read it, learn, and then do. The best way to learn anything is literally to learn, do, and then of course there is teach. Once you teach it, you learn at the deepest level possible. Speaking of learning at the deepest level possible, you are in for a treat here tonight because you got it. Robbie Samuels is coming on and he's coming on right now. Let's go. It's time for the guest expert spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there he is. It is the one. It is the only Robbie Samuels. Woohoo! How you doing, Robbie? So one, thank you for having me on here. And two, you referred to me as young man several times, and you've only got a decade on me, but I'll take it. I'll hey, man, take compared it. to thank me, you, very you much. are a young man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, almost everybody's young compared to me these days. And you know what? That's cool. I wear it. Uh, it's, a, it's a victory. Every year's a victory. Even mm -hmm. when I was young, I never cared about people knowing how old I am. I'm 59. There we go. I don't care. It doesn't matter. 
Um, it's a great, uh, like I said, it's a victory to just be on this earth this long. Not everyone is so fortunate. So, oh, I'm so excited, Robbie. So before we jump into the, the really good stuff, well, yeah. this is good too. I want to introduce you in a way that is respectful to you that um, you deserve. Would that be cool? Let's do it. This young man, he's he has been recognized as a networking expert by NPR, Professional Convention Management Association, Harvard Business Review, Forbes and Inc., and as a virtual event design expert by JDC Events. As an event design consultant and executive Zoom producer, he partners with speakers and in-house event teams to design transformative, inclusive, and engaging events while lowering their stress. Ooh, how many of you would love to have that in your corner? I would. He is the award-winning author of three books. His third, Break Out of Boredom, Low-Tech Solutions for Highly Engaging Zoom Events. That won a gold award from the Nonfiction Authors Association. Since 2016, he has hosted the On the Schmooze podcast. I love that name. And since March of 2020, Hashtag no more bad Zoom virtual happy hour. Whew, that was a good one. Please join me in welcoming all the way from his home in Philadelphia, PA, in the suburbs, a TEDx speaker and HBR contributor, the one and only Robbie Samuels. Thank you so much. You know, seeing that on paper and hearing you do and your amount of voice is like night and day. That's amazing. <laughs> That's My awesome. Announcer voice. That's good. That's funny. I've I've had several say you should do radios. Like, yeah, I don't pay enough, so I don't. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, thank you for that. Yeah, and uh, I love I love doing the bio, the the opening, uh, because it really sets the tone for what people are engaged. You have a very good, a very powerful bio. So I was very. Uh, I, you, you've seen them. You've done your own podcast, your own shows. You've seen the bios that come in. Some are like two sentences long. It's like, man, I could use a little bit more than that. Or they're like five paragraphs. <laughs> and like, you're like, which part of this do you want me to cover? Because I'm not reading that whole thing. So um, just curious. One of the things I love to open every show with, uh, Robbie, is in the arena of our mindset. And being an astute entrepreneur as you are, you know, you know how you get up every morning and there's, it's just smooth sailing because you're a success and there's never an issue. And you're just like swimming, swinging in your hammock on the beach, drinking that umbrella drink, you know, that's in the, in the drink, just swinging around and making cash. It's falling out of the air, right? It's just easy cakewalk. We all know that's not the case. We all know that every day is a day to solve more issues. That's what entrepreneurs do. And knowing that you have, you are facing these sometimes arduous tasks and just always constantly solving issues. It's not always a walk in the park. What is going on in your big, beautiful brain when you wake up in the morning and you start to come to, the consciousness is coming there and you're starting to realize, okay, the day's ahead of me. What is going on in your brain driving you, keeping you going, keeping you on top of your game, wanting to do more? What is that for you? I love everything I do. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So I never get bored because I, I have many different things in my business that I do and many different revenue streams. Uh, I have worked hard to be at a point where I can be, you know, here serving in this way. And I also, I mean, I have, I have accepted over and over again the life lesson that I am the arbiter of my own schedule. And I now wake up in the morning knowing that the morning is my time to do something with like I can sleep in, I can work out. I, 
can take care of my kids and get them off to school. I can, I mostly am, I'm not dealing with any kind of crisis in the morning and I choose, you know, my hours and it's just, I mean, to be at a point where I can kind of structure my day and each day could be a little bit different what I'm working on. I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, that as an outgoing extrovert, I am as happy as I am being home as often as I am. Because if you'd asked me in 2019, how would I react to the news that in-person events and conferences were going to be shuttered for the foreseeable future, I think I would have had a little bit of a panicked response. But in reality, I've been building a global network for over five years at that point. And I took to virtual very easily and smoothly and became a go-to resource to help others do the same. And that network has gotten tighter. And I think it's the repeat exposure of meeting people regularly, not just like once a year at a conference. And it's even impacted my in-person. So I'm choosier about my in-person, but I'm also more likely to follow up with people to have a Zoom chat and stay connected and build relationships year round. So I look forward to all of it because it's the life I chose to have. And my, my word of the year for this year happens to be ease. So if it's not falling into the category of ease, I'm not going to do it. So again, that's a choice I get to make as the arbiter of my own schedule. And you said a lot there that is so amazingly uh, powerful. One is your choice. You've said that several times and I equate that and many others do as well to liberation. You're free mm -hmm. to choose what you want, what you're going to do, when you're going to do it. You don't have a corporate uh, clock to punch uh, as so to speak, or a boss telling you exactly what they want done that day. That's one of the joys of being an entrepreneur. There are many others that are, you know, many things that there's reasons people aren't entrepreneurs. I mean, it is not for everybody. You got to have thick skin. Uh, you got to be disciplined. And I'm not saying that corporate employees don't have thick skin and they're not driven. It's just a whole different dynamic. Uh, you know, as a corporate employee, you know, you're getting paid every two weeks, every month. There is that nice, wonderful, comfortable feeling. And it is a comfortable feeling. I came from corporate. And then th as an entrepreneur, you don't, you may not get a, a check for a month. You just don't know. It's about your sales and how that's all going. So it's a different, it's a whole different game. And then you said, the thing you did was very astute. And that's just why you are a successful entrepreneur. You took a situation where we were closed down, everybody, and you found a solution for it. You, you use that as an opportunity to tap into something that everybody needed. And you went in and then perfected it. And that was live virtual events online that everybody could attend because we're all home anyway. So why not? And the internet was still working. Thank the Lord. And uh, yeah, choice though. That was the big word. And I love that your word of the year is ease. And I hope a lot of people take this. Um, it, it doesn't mean that Robbie's not going to work hard. You're going to work hard, right, Robbie? You always do, right? Yeah. Ease is not easy. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it just means that if, if a pathway is working for me, I'm going to follow it. You know, I'm going to look for the revenue and the relationships that are going well. I'm going to invest more time and energy in those, those pathways. Um, you know, I spent over a decade before the pandemic teaching people how to network at conferences and events and worked with organizations to help them design more welcoming and engaging in-person events. Back when we did not say in-person, we didn't have to. They were just <laughs> events. Yes. And I had a talk that I did called Art of the Schmooze. And my podcast on the schmooze kind of came from that talk, that title. Um, I did that for 10 or 11 years all over the country. Half that time I was still employed 
but I was taking days off to go. My mentor said, you'll know it's time to quit your day job when it gets in the way of your business. And that moment started to happen. But when I left my business, my left my day job, I had to figure out what audience I wanted. It wasn't the nonprofit world that I had been working in. And so that's when I launched the podcast. And then my first book came out and then a group coaching program and then a te- uh, then writing for HBR and then a TEDx talk. My TEDx talk came out in January of 2020. And I have to tell you, Brian, I was poised to be an overnight success 10 years in the making. I worked real hard in that launch. I aimed for 100 comments on my YouTube page. You know, I did a big push. And then two months later, March 2020, nobody needed to know how to network at events. The only at we were doing was at home. I had to find a new way to show up and offer value. Now, March 9th, I accepted that it was happening. March 11th, I had a meeting with my peer mastermind where someone said, Robbie, you don't think of networking as something you only do in person. You've you've built a global network for five years. Go help people. So I kicked myself out of the way. The next day, I wrote a blog post, Nine Ways to Network in a Pandemic. And looking at that list, Thursday night, 8 o'clock at night Eastern, I thought, wow, I should do one of these. Number three is host a virtual happy hour. Now, I've been using Zoom for years, but for like one-on-one calls and interviews and some group coaching and masterminds, I had never looked at the settings. I didn't know I had access to breakout rooms, for instance, but I decided I would host a virtual happy hour. And the next day at five Eastern is when it happened. Uh, 20 people came, you know, I, I had some good instincts and some training about how to facilitate virtually. And I did it every week and I started doing it for other people, all pro bono. The inbound number of inquiries and pick your brain calls started to happen. And fortunately, At the same time, I was doing coaching with about a dozen entrepreneurs a week and was able to realize that if I was working with them, I would never tell a client to just fill their calendar with social calls. And so I turned those calls into research calls. And on April 14th, 2020, I announced two things. One, the weekly call that I had been doing became the No More Bad Zoom virtual happy hour. And two, that I was piloting starting in May, a four-week training to help people become more confident and competent using Zoom. And I ran that training four months in a row. It became a certification by the third month. And by August, companies started reaching out, asking me for help. And by November, I looked up from a working every day except June and Thanksgiving and realized that I had a thriving six-figure business based on all new revenue streams. So I'll pause there because it's definitely more to the story, but that was my whirlwind of 2020. Well, that's quite a whirlwind. Um, and that is somebody who took action. You you went in it and you did more in less than a year than most do in 10. And I just wanted to point that out for everyone watching and listening that, you know, he came out saying his word of the year is ease. He's not taking it easy. And, and what he's doing isn't easy. He's just, I was going to ask you this. You are, you said, if the pathway looks like a good one, I'm going to go stay down it. What are, what tells you it's not? How long do you give a certain path uh, a chance to be the right path before you say, you know what? I probably should just steer off of this one and go to another one. What is that? What is the criteria for you? There are two things that I pursued this year that I didn't get enough traction on. So I can give you some (laughs) real life data. Um, I would say I would put a good effort in for about six, eight weeks. The question is, what do you do in that time? Um, I already know enough about my audience that I don't 
I don't need to do quite as many research calls as some of my clients do when they're first getting started. So what I usually aim for is to have, you know, somewhere between six and 12 conversations um, to see whether the thing I'm thinking about resonates with people. What often happens is even if my idea doesn't resonate, I get new ideas. Um, and sometimes not the idea is bad, it's just not quick. So I have never worked in corporate. My background is nonprofits. My livelihood was events for a very long time. So the world of associations and conferences was a big part of my life. So when I'm thinking, well, how do I bring my Zoom like expertise into the world of corporate? I thought, okay, I'll, I have an idea now how I'll do that. So I pursued that. I went to a great conference. I met good people. You know, I got invited to do a little pro bono thing with one group. You know, it's just like, but that's a much long, I mean, it's a, it'll happen. You know, I'll get some gigs over time, but it is the long view. It's the long game. It is not immediately people like showing up in my inbox, booking time on my calendar and wanting to give me money. So, okay, I'll, I'll do some preliminary work for that. And then I had that program that was a certification program that I had debated whether I was going to sunset. And I thought, well, there's this online, there's this forum that basically, you know, advertises this kind of program, like any kind of virtual, you know, coaching program, but you have to get a hundred people to join a wait list to get marketed through them. So I was like, okay, you know, I can do that. So I filled out this form and basically invited people to check off whether they wanted to get my free content or pay. And I gave them three options for price points. And out of, I don't know, 112 people, like eight were interested in giving me any kind of money. And it wasn't the amount that I thought it was worth. And so, yes, I am got this thing listed on there, but I was like, the time has passed. Like that information is still here, but I can repurpose it in other ways. So I don't need to pursue that. Then I had my mentor, Dory Clark, say to me for the third or fourth time in five years, why are you not a book launch coach? Because you've had such success with your own books. I've self-published three books that each have over 200 reviews. I do these dynamic and engaging uh, launches that lead to new revenue, not just book sales. And I've done that for other clients now a bunch of times in the last few years. It's been coming more and more people getting on my calendar. Never on my website, just something I did like off to the side. So... That was in October, November, I announced the Kindle cross promotion sales campaign two weeks before Black Friday and quickly pulled together 60 books from 50 authors. We all lowered our price and cross promoted. From that, in December, I lined up $15,000 in new money based on book launch packages or six month coaching packages, all basically from people hearing what I did. And I thought, ease. Like, <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do more of that. Like that. Okay. Now, none of this happened in six weeks. It happened in 16 years. Mm. Like it's the lifetime of what I've been doing that led to the moment here. Like I said, no, the first few times my mentor said, why don't you do this? Because I didn't want to be branded as simply a book launch coach. I'm at a point now where that will not happen. I have expertise in several other areas that do not go away. And even if I'm not pursuing them full-time or focusing on them, even the even the in-person networking, I just got invited by Amazon to be on their This Is Small Business podcast. And a year earlier, I was on NPR's Life, Life Kit podcast. Both found me through my TEDx that essentially I had, I had left on the cutting room floor as of March, 2020. So 
I think that this is the benefit of being in the long view, like just getting this work done and having, you know, good ethics of how you communicate and engage with people. People want to communicate and engage with you. And that's how I sort of think about the length of time it takes, you know, 16 years and six weeks, more or less. <laughs> and I, that was, uh, that really stood out when you said that, um, that is so true. You know, it took me, you know, it's, it's like, it took me 10 years to be the overnight success that I am today is a common, uh, saying. And it's so true, especially in business and entrepreneurship, because we're always learning, evolving and advancing. And where we are today is like you say, it's not a six to eight week. It, it's yeah, it's focused effort on one thing, but it's the culmination of everything we've learned and know what to do and what not to do over that past decade plus that is the reason that we are able to take that in six to eight weeks and turn it into something either a yes or a no but now we have the knowledge and background to say that's good or that you know that's not working out so great uh you do a phenomenal thing and i i can tell that you are able because of the networks you've built to bounce these ideas off of your networks to find out if there is a market for what your new ideas are is that something you've leveraged in the yeah you're shaking you're nodding your head oh 100 percent. i mean <laughs> so no more bad zoom.com is a free now it's a free monthly event but i held it weekly for two years and i didn't charge still don't uh and it was a great place to try out things and to see what questions people had and the very beginning i would say for two years it was solidly about zoom but then about two years in i was debating kind of you know I like the idea, but I wanted to kind of shift the focus. Like my business wasn't just Zoom. And I announced that I was going to open the content and connection club and all founding members for the first month, anyone who joined, who were basically people who are already in the community, 10 bucks a month for life. And it was interesting how some people opted to not continue and only show up for the free monthly activity. Huh. But it made sense. They weren't the entrepreneurs. They weren't working on that. They didn't, they didn't have that strive, that effort. And then the price went up to $25 for a little while, you know, and then I said, I really, I really want to keep doing this, but I want to really, I want to make this more robust. And so I announced to my members that we were going to be hundred dollars a month. Again, their price never went up, but I said, I want the value to be $300 a month. What can you do to help make that happen? And then they all came up with ideas. And so now we have, I host a co-working session. Members also host co-working sessions. We have a, a business book club. Um, we do member hosted office hours. We do five minute member spotlights. We always have had and continue to have a weekly mastermind. Yeah, that's worth way more than even $300 a month. <laughs> like, And I give half the money to Feeding America because on March 9th, 2020, I recognized that as much as I was scared about what was gonna happen next to my business, I didn't wanna respond with a scarcity mindset. I really believe in abundance. So I thought, you know, people are gonna need food banks more than ever. People who would never have gone to a food bank will need a food bank. And I gave my first monthly donation and I wanted my hand to stay open to opportunity. And within two months, I met uh, event teams uh, from Feeding America and they became my biggest client. And I live in a brand new, beautiful house for the last two and a half years because of the work we've done together. So food insecurity had not been my number one issue before the pandemic, and now it really is. Uh, and I love that we get to support our food insecure neighbors. 
and half the money from this program gets to go. And so this past year, I wrote a $3,500 check and my goal for this year is 15,000 because I really think we can, it does, it's, it's totally reasonable and a way for me to give back to an organization that's doing so much and has helped me personally. Kudos, kudos to you. And oh, that's phenomenal. It's amazing how when we our mind shifts like that, how opportunities just blossom right in front of us. Like, wow, where did that come from? Well, we know, but wow, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, and even my good buddy Chris Roush says, "Wow, that's awesome, Robbie." And he's he's also a, another dear friend of mine. I know him very well, and he's a great uh, speaker as well. He's he runs a coaching program, and there he is, happy kickass New Year. <laughs> that's his one of his his uh, his. Um, brand includes kick-ass and everything it's pretty funny and i love it uh andy larusso says congrats to everything or congrats very inspiring robbie and uh, this one this one's probably one of my favorites another buddy of mine don hope rich young kids i'm only 71 <laughs> <laughs> as we were talking about as we started the show how old we are in relation to each other but you know this is it's cool because the age thing that comes up now and then i remember i i met a gentleman who ended up becoming my mentor. He literally could be my son by age. He was 18 years, my junior still is. And that never entered my mind, not once. I don't care male, female, I don't care religion, any of that. It doesn't matter as long as you know our values are in alignment and that I think I can get the results I'm looking for if they choose to mentor me. And you know, it just, that's, I just want to impart that upon everyone. It's like, it doesn't matter. The surface never matters. It's what is underneath. And are they at a space that you would strive to be in? You know, is it, are they at a level higher than you? Make sure they're higher than you, please. You don't want to be mentored by someone who's uh, either at the same or less than you are, because that could be a waste of time. It's like playing sports. Robbie, I, I grew up playing sports. And if I ever played and I often would play against guys, either my equal or less, I would never improve. Never. You had to play and, and be willing to lose every time you matched up with them one-on-one, -on -one, but mm -hmm. you learned and grew and got better. And it's just a great lesson in life. So, um, and you've mentioned mentor several times now, and I love that. And uh, I always tell people, even if it usually does cost money and hopefully it costs a pretty penny, that means you have skin in the game and you're going to take it seriously. And it's always worthwhile. I mean, what is your what is your opinion on having a mentor? If you were to tell a brand new entrepreneur, you know, how important is it to have somebody there in your in your corner helping you out along the way through your entrepreneur journey? Well, my mentor is uh, is how I sort of give homage to uh, my friend Dory Clark, and uh, Dory and I met back in two thousand eight. Uh, and we both were at a at a breakfast info session for a, a leadership program in Boston, which she then did in 2009, and I got an opportunity to do in 2015. But um, we, you know, we we hit it off and stayed in touch, uh, and and started to I started organizing. I was doing events at the time. She started coming to my events, and then we started co-hosting dinners, organized like networking dinners together. And I remember one where it felt like an intervention where everybody we had invited was either a full-time uh, entrepreneur or had a really strong side hustle. And they were trying to convince me to leave my day job. <laughs> and that was the moment where I was like, oh, but I like security and a paycheck and, and you know, and, um, but, but within the year, like it all settled in my brain. And um, I once, <laughs> it was a story where I called and I said, okay, okay I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave my job. I have a plan. 
uh, and and it's this two year bubble. And she goes, that's not a plan to quit your job. So I called her like a month later. I was like, okay, I gave my notice and I'm going to give him, I gave him eight weeks and I'm out of here in December, November. And she was like, there you go. So I had been in that job for a decade. I was, I was comfortable. I wasn't planning on going anywhere. So she's always had my back. And I have long said that there are two women who've had an incredible impact on my life. There's Dory Clark and there's my wife because they have both just kind of had me there. And my wife is not an entrepreneur, has no interest in being an entrepreneur, but I have to say it's a special kind of person who can be married to an entrepreneur. That's, that's I think, <laughs> I would say even harder because you have no control over what's going on. You just have to trust. <laughs> and um, there have been times where my business was making, you know, as much as I'm spending basically in, in uh, training and education now is how much I, I made for the entire year a few years back, you know, so I can totally remember times when I had to say, like, beginning of 2020, my podcast costs 5000 a year, and uh, I need to keep it running. And she said, Yeah, I get that. You know, like, that's amazing. Now, it turned out by the end of the year, I was making good money. But we didn't know that. But I said, this is this is it. Like, I got to keep my finger on this. This is the people I'm going to be needing to know. And I need to keep putting content out there. So um, having people like that in your life who are going to hold something up in front of you and, and, you know, keep asking you good questions, uh, introducing you to good people. Um, that's what I love about it. And I always, like you said, seek out people who are, you know, smarter than me about different topics. I'm often the person in the room who's giving advice. I I'm amazed when I get to be sitting with someone on a get to know you call and they turn the table and start coaching me. I'm like, wow, I, this is a person I got to stay in touch with. This is pretty cool because um, it's usually me being like, here's some links, here's some books you should read, you know, like, you know, all that stuff because I want to give back and help. But it's awesome when you meet people who've gone a little further, maybe even gone around the corner from where you're going and they know what's coming up. And uh, my life really took a turn when I hired Dory to be my coach for a little bit. And she said, what you got to do next is write for Harvard Business Review and do a TEDx. And I kind of, what? because <laughs> uh, that was not on my to-do list and by the end of that year I was writing for Harvard Business Review and had done a TEDx and those things years later no one ever says to you but was your TEDx talk on the Zoom stuff that you're doing now like no one cares like they don't they don't ask that they're you're, you're been observed to be seen you've been recognized as an expert in one thing it makes it a lot easier to be recognized an expert in something else. And that's what I mean by like 16 years plus six weeks. Like it's the effort all that time of, of like a lot of it early on was not revenue producing, you know, hosting a podcast, my book, my first attempts at group coaching programs, you know, like, you know, it wasn't making big money, um, but I was learning and I was learning how to do a lot of things myself. So even though now I pay people to do a lot of things, I can really relate to a new entrepreneur. And then there's like, there's three books I give every new entrepreneur. And I know you're a big reader. So I'd love to share what those three books are. Please. All right. So um, the first is uh, the most common entrepreneurial mistakes and how to avoid them. Um, and uh, that book is by my friend Lisa. And it's so important because she's interviewed people in 2001 and in, during the pandemic to see how they react to just like chaos in the financial world. 
And the lessons learned there are the kind of things you wish that you had thought about when you're first getting started. It would save you so much time to even have a heads up that these are things you might be concerned about. Um, the second book is a little self-serving, but it's my second book. It's The Small List, Big Results, Launch a Successful Offer No Matter the Size of Your Email List. And a lot of people think the reason their offer isn't going to work or isn't working is they don't have a big enough email list. And they put a lot of money and effort to build their email list. And I am not against email lists. It's a great idea. But there's no reason you have to wait to have 80,000 people on your list to sell something. Your network is always bigger than your email list. And so the book shows you how to discover likely prospects and likely referral partners from within your existing network and do research calls so you can really understand what their needs are and the language they have and, and fill out a pilot program and go off and start creating something with or without an email list. And then the last book is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz because a business means you sold something. A successful business means you know where the money is gonna come from going down that pipeline. A thriving business is one where you pay yourself. I think too many of us are working too hard and not pulling money out of the business. And I asked a lot of people early on, the first like year or two of my business, when I was full-time, how do I pay myself? The answers were so wishy-washy until someone said, have you checked out Profit First? And the minute I implemented it, I started to pull money out. It wasn't a lot of money, I wasn't making a lot of money, but a small percentage came out to me and I stopped immediately saying, wow, $5,000? Oh, here's this thing I can spend money on. And then pay five, like, I started to pay me and pull money out for profit and taxes. And that a large part of why I'm comfortable today is because that system's been in place this whole time. And if, if again, it's kind of like telling a 22 year old to open a Roth, you know, like <laughs> go for it, just start putting money away right now. Like, like <laughs> compound interest is your friend, just do it. You know, like, like, oh, what if I had, what if I had done that? <laughs> you know, we, we, we all think, oh, if we only had the ability to, to buy Apple when it first came out, you know what? You could put money in a Roth when you're 20 and be just as well off when you're 50 as the person who hit it big. So I, I'm like, how could we avoid some of the pitfalls? And that's what motivates me to continue to be a coach, even when that hasn't always been like the main part of my business. I've always been a mentor or a guide to other people, which is why I love organizing my content and connection club. And I offer actually a 30 day free guest pass. So anyone can come check that out. Awesome. Who is the author of the first book? I didn't catch that. The most common entrepreneurial mistakes and how to avoid them. I know. I didn't say her name and I want to make sure I get it right because I, um, uh, here we go. I'm, it's, I want to make sure I'm spelling it right because I want to make sure. Okay, here we go. McDonald, M-A-C, Donald. I knew. I wasn't, I want to make sure I was spelling it right. MacDonald. Got it. So Lisa McDonald, uh, the most common entrepreneurial mistakes and how to avoid them. She, you know, really good information. She's, by the way, a member of my club. So you get to hang out with those kind of people. Um, and we're, we do a monthly book club. So we've gone through those three books. Like that's, that's the kind of thing we then do as a group because it's, it's helpful to read, but it's really helpful to have a community where you pick it apart and talk about how to implement. Because as you said, it's not just about reading. It's about you know being inspired to take action and um, I rereading, <laughs> rereading that book, Profit First, was kind of funny because there's some exercises that, you know, 
like basically he's trying to figure out how, what percentage you put towards expenses versus profit. And I remember when the answer back then was, um, all of my money goes to my expense account. I only have one account. <laughs> of course, all of my money goes to expense. Like, what do you mean? Like, what? <laughs> and now I was able to do the math and realize that I, I am doing what I intended to do with my business, like percentage wise. So that felt really good to see that that was up and running in the right way. Wow, so much awesome stuff to um, to basically hit on with what you've come up with uh, over this course of this show. And that is uh, one thing that really stood out to me, Robbie, was when you're talking about being in a network group, networking group, someone in there suddenly turned the table and started coaching you. And I was really leaning in to see what is his what was his reaction? You know, I'm waiting for you to say it. And you said what very few would say. Oh, said, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Most would have their ego in the way and saying, who the heck is this to tell me or try to coach me when I'm leading this group or something to that effect. And that just told me that you have mastered pushing your ego to the side, which is very important for anyone looking to uh, succeed in business. Uh, I've been there and still to this day struggle with ego. I think we're human, so we do. But when you know and you can actively just say, wow, I'm actually, I would love to receive new ideas from somebody else and not think that, oh, I just know everything. How could they possibly come on my group and say they know something I don't? So that stood out. And I just want to make that kind of a teaching moment for everyone. And the TEDx, oh, my God, when you said it didn't matter what the topic was, how true is that? I was on a TEDx talk. Stop. I don't need to hear another thing. Let's do something together, right? <laughs> and that's a similar uh, concept when it comes to authoring books. Like if you're talking to somebody and you don't know them yet, and then out of the blue, they, they mentioned they authored a book, your view of them just goes up by a little bit or a lot at that one instant because it is they have an authority status now. Instant, just like a yep. TEDx talk, that's like way up compared to just a book. And I shouldn't say just a book. A book is a big undertaking. You and I both, you've gone through three. I'm just finishing my first. And I understand how, uh, what what kind of dedication that takes and, and stick-to-itiveness. But the cool thing is it doesn't matter. Even the book, it doesn't matter. You just say, I authored a book, give them a title. It doesn't matter what it's on. You wrote a book and it, it really lifts your authority status in other people's eyes. Now I would step back and say, don't do it just for that reason. <laughs> but just know that it really doesn't matter uh, what the topic is, either on the TEDx talk or your book or the title of your show, your podcast, all of that stuff. Um, it, it just doesn't matter as much as most people uh, think it does. And then thank you for the three books, The Most Common Entrepreneurial Mistakes and How to Avoid Them by Lisa McDonald. Uh, small list, big results. I didn't get the subtitle to that by somebody wow. named Robbie Samuels, I think. <laughs> Launch then, a successful offer no matter the size of your email list. <laughs> and and I love the fact that it's, uh, yeah, you're, you said something that really resonated and you said your network is always bigger than your email list. It's like, ooh, I've never heard anyone say that before. I mean, I've done a lot of these shows. That was profound and powerful. It, your network and people might go, what do you mean my network's like, you do have a network. You probably just haven't focused on what it is and who they are that fill that network. But oh boy, if you've been on this planet or 30 years or so, it doesn't matter. You've got a network. Um, and then Profit First by Mike. And I did not get that last name. I put McCallowitz. Mike, McCallowitz. <laughs> McCallowitz. 
Yeah, he uh, he was the host of the Profit First podcast, and I think he changed the name recently. He's a really well-known author. He, he uh, paper entrepreneur, and um, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of great books. He's a prolific author. And the common theme I'm I'm hearing and pulling out as I uh, listen to you is networking and masterminding and being with other people, and it's so powerful. I've just uh, recently gotten involved in two different masterminds, and you get some ideas you never would have thought of. Uh, you know, you get to hear about your business through someone else's lens. They, they're looking at it a different way than you are. Uh, how many times, Robbie, maybe it's not happened for you, but, you know, you, you hear somebody else talk about their business and you, you, you all suddenly have all these recommendations and things. Oh, I know I can help you with that. You should do this, 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 this. Then you go to your business and you go, uh, uh, you get stuck. Like, I don't know how to build my own business, but I could tell everybody else instantly what to do with theirs yeah. but why is that such a block does that happen to you i think this is goes back to the phrase coaches need coaches so yeah um i have had coaches on and off through the years um i sometimes lean more towards having like strategy partners um because i just i want to tease out what i'm doing next because i'm really good at implementation i trust myself on that um sometimes i don't know like the like like getting into corporate has been sort of dangling in front of me as a carrot for a long time. The fact that I hadn't figured that out yet actually was feedback to me that I needed to spend a little time deciding whether it was worth it and then stop thinking of it as a thing I wasn't doing. Like I had to actually say, okay, you did it. And now you're going to let it go back to the back burner and not feel anything negative about the fact that you're not, you know, it was a sort of that. So I think sometimes having the peer mastermind, um, I run one, uh, as well as, you know, running masterminds for my clients. What I love about a peer mastermind in particular is that while I work to be transparent with my club members and my clients about how I'm building my business, there's also guardrails there right because they're paying me so they don't i'm not going to have them like listen to me <laughs> moan about something that's not working right <laughs> now uh, my peers i mean we hold each other we meet every two weeks um but I, what's really great is that i had no concern about sharing the successes i was experiencing whether it was financial or being on certain shows or my book or whatever it was because these people had been with you the entire journey. So if you want to unabashedly celebrate your wins, you need to have spaces where people can hold you through the challenging part as well, because those are the people who are gonna absolutely cheerlead you through that and be there to say, we know how, how hard this was to climb this mountain. And I think for me, sharing my success has been part of my brand because I will also reveal how I got there. This is nothing magical about it. Um, it is effort, but there are processes and systems and things to say and all that um, that I that do actually make a difference. And I'm happy. I'm also happy to share knowledge without having to get paid to do it, um, because I believe by giving away my time or money, I will have less time or money. But if I give away knowledge, it actually just increases the abundance of my whole community and something great will happen back to me in some way in the future. So to me, that's, that's how I've been wanting to operate rather than a scarcity mindset that I have to charge for everything. Uh, yeah, oh my gosh, I resonate so strongly with that. You have no idea. I love helping people. Uh, and 
yeah, when you give and you're not doing it with the expectation of getting something in return, you, you get more returns uh, greater than you could ever imagine. And but still continue knowing that that happened to give without expecting something in return. That's yeah. the little dance that we go through. But I don't go through the dance. I just so purely love and truly love helping people. Uh, you know, I love doing this show. I love the fact that this show will result in more exposure to you, Robbie. I just mm -hmm. saw three people that made comments that probably didn't know you existed. And I'm very happy about that, uh, that they can reach out to you. You can reach out to them, have a collaborative, whatever happens. Uh, so it's just uh, a joy to help people. And, you know, if we didn't have to have money, just the feeling of knowing that you had something to do with someone else's uh, up leveling in their life, it would be enough for me. That mm -hmm. would be all I need. And it's just uh, a joy. I wanted to talk about you brought a gift to the table, mm -hmm. a very, uh, very wonderful gift. I mean, something that Christopher Roush would say, it's a kick ass gift, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Christopher did coach me for a, a period of time as well. And he is an incredible accountability coach, meaning, you know, he'll, he'll put a challenge in front of you. And if you don't, the way he did it with me is if you don't succeed, the payment, uh, the, the pain side of it would be great. I'm like, wow, you don't have to do anything else now. And now that I know what I, I'm up against, <laughs> but then he would check in on me and, and he wouldn't even have to bring that up. He had a masterful way of getting results out of me Amazing. and it worked. So uh, I highly recommend Christopher Roush. I like to give shout outs to individuals who come and watch and, and comment. So I appreciate that, Christopher. But I would like to showcase your gift, if you don't mind. And I put it very quickly on the screen there while you were talking just a moment ago. And it was... Um, break out of of board dumb <laughs> break out of boredom and uh if this is something you would like to just take over and let people know what this is all about i would love sure for thing. folks to take advantage of it i'll put it up on the screen here my third book is break out of boredom oh, low tech yeah. solutions for highly engaging zoom events and if you go to breakoutofboredom.com you'll get a free resource library full of checklists step-by-step -step guides uh video tutorials sample run of show, uh, all kinds of content that will help you really level up your Zoom game. So if you make money online and you're using Zoom or even another virtual platform, because the, the ideas in the book, um, there are technical pieces that are related to Zoom, but there's also just a lot of um, best practices and strategies that are around facilitation, for instance, and design that would work for any platform and even in person to, to some, some extent. Um, so yeah, go to breakoutofboredom.com and uh, you'll see there's a list of uh, topics uh, and, and different resources there. Um, one, of, one of the things that um, I love to do is just give people enough information that if they don't have a budget, they can DIY their way through the process. And if they have a budget, they realize I can help them and then we work together to make them go further faster. So the, right there, you're about to get to, that's the free bonus resource section. If you want to even just pause right there. Uh, and you get invited to a free monthly, no more bad Zoom virtual happy hour, of course, uh, and hang out with us there. But you can already see speaker prep session checklist, green room checklist. Um, I show you how to set a PowerPoint with one monitor. So people are seeing your slide full screen, but you're seeing your speaker notes. Yes, that is possible. It took me like nearly four years to figure it out. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. I give you a, a guide for setting up your Zoom meeting so that people aren't coming in unmuted. Um, 
all kinds of things we can do. And there's a bonus in there that is not in the book, and that's a custom video filters tutorial. There's a way to have something pop up on your screen without having OBS or Ecamm or any third-party tool, kind of like that image at the top there. Um, yeah, right, right there. But if you, if you scroll to the very top of the page, you'll see me pointing. That image is popped up on my screen as a, as a, um, it's a virtual overlay, a video overlay, and uh, that is built into Zoom. So if you've got a, a regular paid Zoom account, a pro account, you can just do that. It's really cool. Like, that way you don't have to have a slide for everything. You could be full screen and then just pop something up on the screen for a moment to kind of point something out. You don't have to deal with like learning another software, Ecamm, OBS, and all that. If you haven't yet, if you haven't yet built out a whole tricked out studio and figured out how to do all these fancy things, you probably won't. <laughs> and so the type of people I tend to work with have, you know, at minimum uh, and sometimes maximum a laptop, uh, maybe, maybe a light and sometimes an external microphone. But I want to show them how to focus more on technique versus technology. Yeah. And if you improve your technique, you are going to get better. This book hit number one in 18 paid categories across um, Canada, UK, and US. And after this book, which is my third book, more and more people came knocking, asking how I did it because they were on my launch team and they wanted to get those results for themselves. And I believe the book is meant to help you wake up and engage your network. And so I help people get 150 people in our launch team that have at least two thirds prospects so that the whole part of building the launch team is also having conversations with people that might want to either buy from them or refer from, for them. And it leads to new revenue streams um, or improving revenue streams you already have, not just book sales. So um, that is why I'm putting together a biz book publishing hub to attract people who support entrepreneurs becoming authors because my ideal client for my book launch has a manuscript that's ready for the editor. So I, <laughs> I'm working with people who can get you to that amazing milestone and then I'll take you the rest of the way. And that is uh, so needed. And we were talking about that just briefly before we started the show to have that, um, that book resource and have the ability to have somebody show you how to launch. Cause uh, there are so many different strategies that you hear about, uh, but you know, what, what is more powerful than being able to say that we have the wrong screen up? What is more powerful <laughs> than being able to say that, you know, you are a best-selling author of a book or even part of a book. I, I did a collaborative where I was just, I had five pages in a book. I was asked to provide a chapter and I just was trying to be respectful and did very little, um, even though it was, I put everything I had into it, but I can say I'm an international best-selling co-author as a result, which, you know, I'm looking to get that for my own solo book coming up here very soon. But so tell me real quick. Oh, my gosh. Five minutes. No. Uh, what impact did authoring your first book have on your business directly? And once it once it got published, you mentioned uh, TEDx. But what about the book by itself? If people haven't done a TEDx before. So the thing about books is, um, uh, you know, because I'm part of the National Speakers Association. So in a lot of ways, it feels like you have to have a book in order, you know, it's like having a business card or a website. So I went in with the idea, well, I got to write a book. And when the book was heading off to the editor, I thought this is a good book. I want people to read this book. So that's when I started to really think about the launch part of it, which turns out I like more than the writing part. Um, and you were just talking about being part of these collaboratives. You know, 
I have a friend who's got a book, uh, Phil uh, Jones. He wrote exactly what to say. I don't know if it's in like 17 languages. He sold millions of copies. That is an international best-selling book. So I actually, even though I've had number one bestsellers in 29 categories across four countries, don't use the term international bestseller because I'm not Phil Jones. <laughs> like that is a thing, totally different scale. Now, that's not to say having a book isn't good on its own. What I think stands out is having reviews in a book because the number of number one spots you get in or don't get in, that doesn't stay on the book. You you will not know that unless you, like I did, I grabbed screenshots so I have some proof. But otherwise, that's on the book sales page, not known. So what I worked hard on for my first book and everyone subsequently was to launch with at least 100 reviews. And that means a really strong pre-launch game with a you know three times that number of people on your launch team, um, hand-holding people through the process of getting the book written, the review written and getting it on the website for Amazon. But to me, um, the goal is 50 plus reviews. The process wakes up and engages your network leading to all kinds of other opportunities. A byproduct of a well-done launch is that your book hits number one. That's not the goal. It is if you choose good categories and you follow the process, it's I mean, it's kind of it's impossible to not in a way like it's going to hit number one. But to get, grab your screenshot. But the thing that will have longevity is the number of reviews. And so many books get published and end up with less than 20 reviews. And mm -hmm. as a podcast host, I get pitched by PR companies and podcast placement companies where I know people are spending good money to get you know pitched to me. And they got seven reviews. And I'm like. What? So yes, you should have a book, uh, but in a world where people are writing books with AI with very little effort, write a quality book written from your own thoughts mm. and get it edited and get the best cover designer you can afford and the best editor you can afford and make the book incredibly valuable. I don't, I'm not even telling you how long it, it needs to be. It just needs to be valuable. I'm not about fluff. So my tertiary books are pretty short because I told you what I told you, and that's all you needed to know. <laughs> My third book is 64,000 words, and there's like 100 plus you know, graphics. That book needed it, <laughs> and not a sentence more. So get, a, get your reviews, because that's going to matter in the long run. Um, and so that, that did help me. I mean, my book came out, and it was strong, but I was trying to figure out how to monetize my next program. I didn't have one yet, and I asked my mentor. Um, I'm thinking about doing this uh, virtual online series. You're going to learn a lot. I want to note that that is not advice. That is a prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I did. I learned a lot. And I wrote about that experience in my second book. And I waited to publish my second book until I had a plan for what I was selling after. I waited years. Interesting. And when it happened, people were like, how did you turn your business around so quickly? Well, I had almost 20,000 words written. And I brushed them off. I did a bunch of research calls. I did group calls um, to also sort of test ideas. And then from that, that's where my second book came out, which was me walking people through the process of what I was teaching other people and applying to my own business. And it wasn't until March 2023, on the three-year anniversary of my first virtual happy hour, that I got to um, launch my my Zoom book. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And no books this year is the plan. I want to help other people launch their books, but. Oh, that's awesome. Not planning to write my own.
Well, we're gonna we're gonna close up the show with this one final question that I love to ask every guest that comes on this show. It is a doozy. It's a wonderful question. It came almost by accident uh, over the course of the first couple of years of doing this show. Now and then I'd ask that question, and then it started hitting me like, wow, these answers they are profound. And so, before I ask you, which is gonna be right about after I'm done blabbing with a bit about this. And that is, there is no such thing as a wrong answer. It is, it does not exist. It is not a quiz. The only correct answer is your answer because it's going to be unique to you. So it could take you a microsecond and you'll go, oh, I know that one. Or it could be several seconds. In that case, it's still absolutely a perfect answer because it's your answer. And I love to close the show with this. And I will ask your permission afterward. I'm, I'm putting together a book, a collaborative, and the title of the book will be the question itself. And the answers will be yours and others that we'll put together in a collaborative. It's that it's that cool. So with all that wonderful little quick buildup, are you ready? Sure thing. Of course you are. You're a pro, man. Of course you are. All right, here we go. Robbie Samuels. How do you define success? So success for me is knowing and believing that I'm the arbiter of my own schedule and being able to make decisions about how I spend my life and my money that feel right for me and my family. And success is knowing where my revenue is coming from and being able to pursue new revenue ideas as I have them without worrying about selling just for selling sake, uh, not doing what other people are doing to keep up, uh, not chasing shiny objects and not getting stuck on noble obstacles but doing things that are fulfilling and have an impact in people's lives in a really positive way and attract really quality people into my world. That's what success is. Mm. And just true to point, no two people have ever answered that the same way. And I've been doing this for quite some time. So I appreciate you, Robbie. <clears throat> One last quick thing is how, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? I know you have a website by your own name. Uh, email, what, what is, what do you prefer for people to reach out to you? So RobbieSamuels.com is the home of everything I do. I am a multi-passion entrepreneur. We covered a lot of topics. You will find ways to all of them there. Um, and I, I'm actually working on getting information out on my website about the book stuff, which is not yet there, but it will be there soon. Uh, I'd love to have people connect on LinkedIn actually, and let me know you heard me here. Um, but I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I would love to support what you're doing as well. So um, those are the two main places. And then Robbie at RobbieSamuels.com if someone wants to just reach out via email. Okay. And for that wonderful uh, book and gifts, um, I'm bringing it up here real That's quick. Breakoutofboredom.com. Thank as you. In, yes. As in breakout of boredom. The Think of a breakout rooms where you're just yes. like, what are we supposed to be doing here? Yeah. So yeah. I have 10,000 words out of the 64,000 word book. It's about how to design really thoughtful breakout rooms that lead to the outcomes you're hoping for. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like being in a, in, in the corporate meeting, they're just, you know, a waste of time and you just want to shoot yourself instead of go to it. So, and that's, I'm glad you have this resource that you put together. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Thank My you for pleasure. making it available. I'm going to go grab a copy myself. I love, uh, collaborating and interacting with guests who bring some great value to the table. And you are one such individual. And I appreciate you brother for not just for being a successful entrepreneur, but for the way you do it, you do it out of your heart and you want to help people. And I can, it just oozes out of you. 
as you're talking through all this. And for you to put this kind of level of effort, discipline, persistence, love into it, that just speaks volumes to me of what kind of an amazing individual you are. So I wanted to say thank you from me to you directly for everything you're doing and, and just what you're about to do. I can only imagine. And I, I wish you nothing but the most supreme success and prosperity so that you can go out and serve even more people and crush it. So thank you so much, Robbie, for coming on. You are a gem, my friend. Thank you. You bet. That is it for us, ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of the amazing Robbie Samuels, I am your host, Brian Kelly of the Mind Body Business Show. We'll be back again next week. Until then, everyone, please do two things. Just two. That's all we ask. Number one is do like Robbie's doing. Go out there and crush it so you can serve more people. And number two, above all, everyone, please be blessed. That's it for us. Take care, and we'll see you again next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com. My name is Brian Kelly.